You are now listening to Ascend with Yogi Jazz, the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. If it's your first time listening in, welcome. So glad to have you here. So since the last time we spoke, a lot has happened. I feel like so much always happens which is, it's a good thing, I guess. It's all, it's all good things or challenging things or things for the better. But anyway, um, so you remember if you looked on my Instagram page, I did a Akashic Record reading with my friend Zaya Soul. She's an intuitive healer here in the Houston area. If you're interested, she also does virtual sessions. So you can go to Zaya Soul on Instagram or ZayaSoul.com. Zaya is Z is in zebra, A is in apple, I, A is an apple. Um, So anyway, we had this soul healing session and we talked about my fear of death. And I was just basically telling her that my fear is pretty much surrounding me leaving without fulfilling what I think is my ultimate purpose. Like just wanting to empty myself out here. So she gave me some tools and advice on how to do that. She also looked at my past life records to find out if there was any tragedies that happened in my past lives or short lifespans that happened in my past lives that I was trying to, you know, recover from in this life. But no, she just said it was just a lack of knowing that everything that I do here will be perfect. It will be enough. So, uh, something unfortunate happened here in the Houston area. A girl named Ray Wilson passed away. She was a 31-year-old black female who was about to release a book and just got a job promotion. And she went on a motorcycle ride with her boyfriend and a drunk driver ran through the light, split their bike in half and killed her upon impact. Now, that story, uh, it kept me up at night every day for like four days. Um, The first night I went to sleep, I cried really, really, really hard. And it just, the story just resonated with me so deeply because she is, you know, a young black woman. She's a pretty uh, inspirational person in general. Like anyone who has anything to say about her has reposted or written about her on social media just talked about how she wanted the best for everyone she wanted growth and expansion for the collective and just a good spirit always positive and just thinking about you know people's life not being taken for granted and carrying on their soul's mission or internalizing just everything about it and so for me the thing that also really hit home was that she didn't release her book yet so Just, you know, planning to put things out that are an extension of yourself and not getting to is something that just bothers my spirit. So I wanted to do something. And so the first thing I did was track down her family on social media and I found her sister and I basically told her that I was going to gather people in my community to find out the best way to help her. And I had a couple of ideas to do that. And she told me what she was open to. And she was just really excited that, you know, people wanted to support what was going on. So for me, the biggest picture was just awareness in general about drunk driving because people don't have to die due to liquor. 
And I think society has normalized drinking so much that when someone does die in a drunk driving accident, it's so normalized in the conversation or if you see the news report, no one's addressing the fact that we don't need to be drinking and driving. <laughs> that, you know, alcohol is a problem. The fact that alcohol is served outside of the home, if you go to a restaurant, if you go to a bar, a club, you're gonna have drinks. No one's monitoring the actual two drink limit or three drink limit or whatever. You can get as drunk as you want to. You can order a bottle, literally. And that to me is ridiculous. Um, so my whole thing is like inspiring personal empowerment, personal responsibility. I'm not a political person, so I don't go into you know the law and trying to force people to stop drinking, but bringing awareness, like it's not just about you. If you choose to be reckless with your own life or you don't have self-control or you can't um, you know, stand up to peer pressure or whatever it is surrounding drinking and driving for you, you have to open up your mind and consider that it's, even if you're willing to risk your life, you're that confident your ego is that much in the way that I know I'm gonna make it home safer, I'm just gonna risk it. You're also saying that, for other people's lives who did not agree to that decision with you. And it's just not fair. So what we decided to do is um, go with the yoga challenge. So if you're not familiar, a yoga challenge is a online challenge where we create the flyer and we created it. The whole challenge is in Ray's name. And each of us yogis, the host, we're gonna post it. Anyone can participate and we have sponsors. So each day you'll post a yoga pose, you'll post a caption that we direct. So one of the captions is um, state a statistic about drunk driving. What are other ways to get home if you did drink and drive? Uh, why is it important to consider other people when choosing to make the decision to drink or drive? Um, how to send up to peer pressure and also submitting a new commitment of not drinking and driving or not drinking at all. So we're gonna do that and hopefully it spreads as far and wide across the nation as possible. I'm gonna send it to all of my yogi friends and see how big of a movement we can make with the hashtag awareness for race. So if you wanna participate, look out for that. I'll be posting it tomorrow on my page. Now, let's get into today's topic, daddy issues. I feel like Daddy issues is such a buzzword and a big topic. And a lot of people claim it and say that word, daddy issues, mommy issues. This is not gender specific to the man or the woman having the issues or the mommy or daddy that was the issue. This is just anyone who's had any type of parental instability, absence, lack of support, trauma, um, anything like that in general. So... Yeah, I think it's very important to talk about this and help people understand. I have had my own wild journey with this, and I've talked about it a little bit in other conversations and other podcasts. Shout out to 10 and 2. Um, but I wanted to like really break down a lot of the information that I learned that I think can really help open up your perspective to your own situation. And when I hear other people talk about it, it, it can come from a really hurt, traumatized, helpless standpoint of people still waiting for their parent to be different. And there's other solutions, other ways for you to overcome without any external changes. So we're gonna talk about a few things. So let's get started. 
So first, you know, I always like to talk about what my inspiration was and what brought me to go ahead and discuss this on the podcast. So my business partner, Alicia, she wrote a book called Yoga Best Life. And that book is available on Amazon. If you type in Yoga Best Life, Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, Dugar Stevenson, you can find it. And she basically breaks down yogic practices in a way that you can apply it to your own journey at your own pace. And it asks you a lot of thought-provoking questions. Um, So the questions, it's kind of like a workbook. So some of it is she's telling her story. She's giving you information and education, breaking things down. And she has a workbook interactive piece that helps you do the work along the way as you're learning and understanding. So some of the questions that she asked in here just really made me reflect on my life. (laughs) It made me think about things that I either didn't want to think about or just haven't thought about or suppressed or whatever um, for a long time. So it was just really really thought-provoking so the way that she designs it is she asks you a question and the way the question is set up is you just naturally decide if this has a negative or a positive association with it so for example what was the most safe or unsafe day of your life whatever pops whatever moment comes into your head first is going to fall in the category of a safe day or an unsafe day. If you chose unsafe, you have a negative association with safety. If you chose safe day and gave a positive example, you have a positive association with the safety aspect. So she asks these questions and each question is associated with the different chakras. So just to quickly touch on the chakras. If you have a pen, go ahead and take notes. If you if you don't understand the chakras, it's a really good entryway to get to know them. So starting at the root has to do with grounding the body and survival. The sacral has to do with emotion, sexuality, change. Solar plexus has to do with personal power, fire from within, and your will. Your heart has to do with love, balance, and acceptance. Your throat has to do with communication, self-expression, creativity. Your brow or your third eye, a lot of people like to say that, is your intuition, your perception, and visualization. And your crown is about understanding thought and wisdom. So one thing that I instantly noticed is everything that has to do with the lower half of my body, the more grounding, rooted chakras, all had negative connotations. And the ones from the heart up, positive intuition, love, understanding, throat chakra, communication, um, intuition, all of those things like I have that. It feels positive. I feel really strong in those things. But everything that had to do with survival, safety, security, all negative. So it just brought up a lot of things for me. (laughs) So one thing that kept coming up was things that had to do with daddy stuff. So I wanted to share the correlation between that, like the resistance and this insecurity surrounding stability in general. So something interesting that you might not know that I learned um, is that cosmically, mommy and daddy issues are an actual generational manifestation. So 
If you're into astrology at all, most people at a basic level know what their sun sign is based off the day and the month that you're born. You know, if you are, you know, Taurus, Libra, Gemini, whatever, um, you have a sun sign, you have all these different signs, but more importantly, everything is much larger than we think. Everything is connected. There's a science behind astrology, obviously. And depending on certain aspects where planets were, there are generational things that we all experience. And I thought it was really cool to learn that instability in the home with a parent figure, whether it's they weren't there, they were deceased, they were in and out, there was trauma, they weren't who you needed them to be or whatever, was inevitable. It was designed. It's a generational experience. So anybody who is born between June 21st, 1988 at 5.40 a.m. to July 21st, 1991 at 11.53 a.m., Chiron was in Cancer at that time. And this is in the fourth house. So this has everything to do with survival and home environment. So I'm going to read this little excerpt of what that means. Okay, so it says, Natal Chiron in the fourth house of a natal chart indicates some emotional wounds connected with the native's early childhood and family. The fourth house rules over our roots and domestic environment, and thus its its presence there shows unresolved traumas related to the house's matters. Chiron in the fourth house is one of the most difficult placements to have. Generally, asteroid Chiron is responsible for traumas and their healing. Thus, the house where it is placed is a rather sensitive area for the native's life. In case that asteroid is negatively aspected, especially by Mars, Saturn, or Pluto, the native may have experienced quite a lot of suffering. On the other hand, a well-aspected Chiron indicates abilities to heal other people in such matters, as the native has learned quite a lot from his own experiences. So, for me, that is a great description of our generation. So consciousness chooses the circumstances under which it comes into this human experience so that you can have growth and healing and purpose. Everything about the soul is, you know, it's here to discover itself. And if you don't have any opposition or anything to overcome, then there would be no growth. There would be no experiencing one's self. So imagine if everybody in this generation had perfect structured Um, home environments growing up where we are today as far as this conscious movement the vegan movement spirituality self-healing all these spiritualists yoga meditation all of this stuff that's blowing up right now is a direct reflection of what we've all personally had to overcome that was in our manifestation with that instability in our survival and it's just crazy that there's an explanation like we literally needed that to happen and some people are still stuck in the hurt the trauma the details of it my parents need to apologize it's their fault they should have known and the point of this podcast is to help you out of that space because it has nothing to do with your actual parents and I know that sounds crazy but the picture is just way bigger So sometimes I hear people say, I even say this too, like, I'm my parents' parent. We in this generation, not only are we in the technology age, but self-reflection, inward-focused techniques for healing 
um, breaking away from rules and conditioning and just, you know, small-minded conservative principles, if you will. Um, And we're teaching our parents a lot of different things and teaching them how to be a parent to us, specifically to us, is a part of our job. And, you know, society teaches us that your parents are supposed to do this, they're supposed to do that, it's their job. But we're all people, is the part that they fail to tell us. And that's what really sets us up to be hurt because we're taught this one directional, unconditional love. Parents unconditionally love their children, but we have all of these conditions. This is what a mom or a dad is supposed to be like. You're not like that. I don't love you or I don't want a relationship with you or I'm hurt by who you are. I can't accept you for who you are because you're not these things. Um, and they, the system just teaches us to internalize and personalize our parents' experience. The day that I realized that my father was an individual, I was shocked. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you've actually been a kid before with your own parental issues. You have your own things that you're trying to go through. And the main purpose of your life is actually not to be my father. It's mind blowing. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) And it's just like, everybody's just out here trying to figure it out. When people have children, I was just having this conversation. I went out with um, some associates and friends the other night and we were having this conversation. It's like... You just cannot expect that your parents had a pamphlet or a manual. It doesn't even make sense to say you're supposed to know how to be a parent. Think about if you're 30 now, think about how you feel still a kid sometimes. Like I'm still trying to figure stuff out and I'm still trying to figure out how to take care of myself. Honestly, I don't have kids yet. And that also, the older I'm getting, the more I'm like, okay, y'all are just, people too trying to figure it out it takes one natural instinctive act to procreate that does not mean that you come with parental instincts naturally or somebody just tells you what to do or how to do it and I think once we can start moving into understanding that and having compassion and really examining what is unconditional love And that's something within ourselves that we have to develop. It's really hard to feel like someone did something to you where they weren't there and you're responsible to clean up their mess. But I'm always like, if you don't do it, it just won't get done. You are responsible for your own healing. And I think that us having our base ripped away from us or not even starting off with a base foundationally as far as survival and parent, you know, parents in the home really forced us into understanding self-healing. So that, yeah, that's where our generation is. And it just all makes sense. So I'm going to share with y'all a little bit of my story with my dad and how it like poured into my life and some ways that I was able to overcome it. Um, So my dad was in the home, married to my mom, until I was about 12 or 13. They got divorced, and I had just had a baby sister who was only three. So my mom had just had a little toddler, and she was an accident, actually. They, My mom was on the way out the door when she found out she was pregnant, and 
she decided to, you know, go through, have my sister try to stay, try to work it out. Three years went by and it didn't work out. So at that time, everything changed immediately. My dad moved out. He got an apartment. Um, and we were back and forth between two homes. We lived with my mom for a majority of the time. And I felt like eventually, you know, things started to change. I felt like he, once the divorce happened, he slowly started to divorce really me, not really my sister. And that was interesting. And I felt even more personalized and victimized in this because me and my mother, if any of you have ever seen my mom, we literally have the same face. And sometimes we can have the same tone of voice. And I think it was really hard for him. And my sister looks more like my dad. Her temperament is a lot more agreeable. Um, I was definitely a stronger personality for him to deal with. And I don't think he could really separate the two. And for me, of course, having these unrealistic expectations, like what's wrong with him? Why would he, you know, push me away? Why isn't he strong enough to understand the difference between his daughter and my mom and all of these things? Um, And I just felt like he eventually just was stepping away from me as well. And so things got pretty crazy um, over high school and college. The distance just grew and grew and grew. Um, I felt like his support of me as a person, the time he was spending, what he would get as far as um, purchases for myself or my sister, like if I needed back to school clothes and so did she, she would get things and I wouldn't or you know, just (laughs) these different situations or times that I would need him and he would not come through or be available. Um, There was some significant times that stood out in college because college was one of the most challenging financial times of my life. And I didn't have anybody to depend on. My mom loved me to death, but she was still raising my sister on a single parent income So times were tough, so she could only do what she could. And I was drowning in college financially. Um, And I was the first generation to go to college in my immediate family. So it was just, it was a lot going on. I was in a big world, I was away from home, things were confusing, I was broke, and I wanted to stab him because he just was not supporting me at all. And it created so much resistance. And I remember one phone call in particular, like my car had got towed from me parking it in the wrong place. Like I'll just, life was crumbling down. You know, your little college world is fragile. So I was telling him, or we got on the phone and he was asking, how's it going? And I told him, I dumped on him just everything that was going on. My car, I don't have no money, books, tuition is coming up, financial aid hasn't come through, this, this, that, and the third. And he was just like, well, I hope you work it out. And that was the first time I cursed my dad out. Um, I was so upset and I just lost all respect. All bets were off. And I was just so angry. Like, don't ever ask me how I'm doing again if you're not going to do anything to help. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't understand it. (laughs) So time went on um, and I ended up not speaking to him for a long time. So my dad, he, he would try to teach me lessons of independence by stranding me or leaving me out in situations. And for me, I always felt like he wasn't present enough in my life to understand how independent and ambitious I actually was. Because if I needed help, 
trust me, asking somebody was the last thing I was doing. So for him to apply that extra pressure of figured out yourself instead of helping me out used to drive me nuts. Um, I never heard I'm proud of you maybe two times in my life when I graduated (laughs) both times. And I found myself looking for his approval that I would never get. And there was a particular situation that like pushed it over the top to where I didn't speak to him for like four years. Um, He stranded me at college. I was actually supposed to be moving out. um, I think it was either summer or fall break or whatever, but we had to have everything out of the dorms. And normally my mom would come get me, but he said he was going to drive down and help me move my stuff. So we had a disagreement about what I would be doing with my TV and bed because I wanted to bring everything. And so he ended up disappearing that weekend and I literally had to figure it out. Thank goodness one of my friends had an extra big U-Haul, so my stuff fit in there. And I didn't contact him until like a week after I had already been back home. And he basically was trying to teach me a lesson of, you know, figuring it out since I had all the answers. You know, me objecting to what he thought was the best thing for me to do. He wanted me to get a storage unit. So with that... I did not speak to my father for four years. It was just like the cherry on top of the hat. I was just like, and you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, my father literally did not know the first thing about being a father. And just to give you a little bit of backstory, his father was never in his life, but he knew who he was. And that man was married with other sons and daughters and kids and had a fully functioning, regular, healthy household. And he was his father's firstborn. So just to throw that out there, I never had sympathy for that, never understood the gravity of that, didn't understand anything about that until I was grown. So my dad would just, you know, try different things that he thought would teach me to be a strong woman. As you know, traumatizing as they might have been, (laughs) they make sense when you think about it that way. It's just better ways to go about it. So, um, yeah, as a result of that, I pretty much can be in any situation, like any car problem, I can pretty much fix it myself. Anything that happens to me, I'm so, um, resourceful. So as daddy issues go, Um, I definitely had this show up in my attitude, in my relationships towards men. There was an overall collective resentment for men because I had this resentment for my father. And I just felt like he was the token man, like the example. And since he wasn't of standard, I just felt like no man was. And with me believing that I attracted more of what I didn't want or wasn't healthy for me or wasn't, you know, a stand up solid guy. And when I say stand up and solid, that is um, subjective. But overall, I just had a very negative attitude towards men. And then when it came to dating, I did not have a lot of boyfriends but the boyfriends that I did have they were far and few because the one thing that I was looking for was that safety and security that fatherly like 
I'm going to take care of you. And not speaking financially necessarily, but like emotionally. They absolutely loved me more than I loved them. And they were safe. I knew that they were going to be there, that they would give me everything that they had if they needed to. Not that I wanted to take it, but if there was something that I needed and they had it, they would provide it. Um, One of my very first serious relationships, he would tell me all the time, I would literally lay my life on the line for you. And that made me feel secure. You're never going to break up with me. You're not going anywhere. I can trust that this is solid. This is here, no matter what I do. Which I wasn't a bad girlfriend at all. But just knowing that this survival piece is grounded. It's here. And then the other aspect that showed up was situationships. Which is another generational thing. I feel like we all experience this in college. But, and some people still in adulthood. But me wanting that validation that I never got from my father. Me attracting men who were emotionally unavailable and me supporting and staying around and trying to convince and prove and waiting for them to legitimize the relationship. Just like my dad telling me, good job on something. So eventually um, I went on this whole like, you know, self-awakening journey and I really wasn't dating anybody at that time. Um, I really had to look at the things that were toxic in my life and I was tired. I was tired of what I was experiencing. So I sat down and took a look um, at what was going on and things happened. Um, I I read, there was information, there was self-reflection, there was meditation, there was exposure, intentional exposure to a lot of things that helped me see myself, my habits, my pain, things that I suppressed, things that I didn't want to look at. And I do remember a specific day that I meditated and I told myself that I loved myself internally. No words, but just thinking the words, I love you to my body. And a crying fit came up, like choking crying fit, because I realized that I did not actually love myself you can love things about yourself and most people consider that to be self-love but deeply loving yourself creating boundaries protecting yourself making decisions and choices that are in your best interest everything that you create around you is a reflection of how you feel about yourself so if you do have people around you that aren't you know nurturing you or encouraging you or supporting you or, you know, just positive things, things that make you feel good that are literally for the best of you. That's a reflection of how you feel about yourself. So going through this process, um, I just started to purge and just crying for the little girl within myself, like even admitting that I'm still hurt. There's things that I act out, there's situations that I attract that reflect that I'm still hurt. And releasing, letting the little me inside cry and realizing that I do have different needs and I have different power today than I did as a child. And then just stepping into objectively looking at my father. Like if I was not his daughter, how would I feel about him knowing his story? If he was just a stranger on the street and told me that 
he grew up in a single parent household where he had to raise his sisters. They were living in poverty. His father, he was his the first born to his father. The father completely rejected him, lived in town, went off, got married, had a whole nother family, including boys. Um, and my dad actually, he met his father when he was probably 36 or so. And that man passed away within a couple of months after he met him for the first time. Um, so there's a lot of trauma around that. You know, when you think about your personal journey and what it takes for you to be able to communicate, none of us gets it right every time. And how good does it feel when someone says, you know what, I understand. I truly feel like understanding our parents and having compassion to them is the direct answer to healing ourselves. Just even feeling a little bit bad for what your parents experience as kids dissolves some of your resistance immediately. It definitely takes conversations. Um, The first step for me, um, after those four years of not speaking to my father, I started to watch my baby sister falling into my footsteps and she would talk crap about him sometimes or just, you know, start creating this negative thing for her because she just, she 10 years younger than me. So she was just monkey see monkey do. I want to be like my big sister or I want to share this with you. I want to bond and talk about him together. And I felt like I don't want you to experience what I'm experiencing. I want you to have a positive relationship with him. And I felt like if I don't mend this relationship by example, I can tell her all day, love him, enjoy him, go hang out with him. But me continuing to clearly hold on to resentment is what she's looking at. So I had to have a conversation with him. I had to be vulnerable. And I explained how I felt about him in our relationship. And something I learned in that moment is a lot of our feelings that we choose to assign to situations and people's actions is not something that they're ever even aware of. You have to communicate. So in doing that, that was therapeutic for me. He definitely learned a lot that day. He was vulnerable right back. And it was just me setting the tone. And then I had to even find out who is my father because the whole time I've been trying to hold you up to this expectation and I've only known who you're not. I don't even know who you are. I started to get to know him as a friend, as a person. We started to hang out and then I could see what I can appreciate about you without holding my expectation up as a comparison sheet. (laughs) That was really liberating for me. And at some points I had breakdowns because I felt guilt that I had been missing out on the things I could have appreciated because I was not appreciating the things that I wanted him. I wanted him to be something different. And when you really think about it, I think one of the most cruel things we can do to any human is to expect them to be something that they are not. Acceptance is love. Your need for acceptance and authenticity and appreciation is no different And we are the generational leaders. Um, Our parents, they come from generations and generations of a different 
parent child dynamic so we're really the first generation that gets to talk back that gets to teach that gets to explain and I feel like most of our parents in this generation are open because they want the relationship so I just want to encourage you no matter where you are in your process if you're not speaking to that parent at all if you are speaking to that parent and it's hard to deal with them Definitely protect yourself in your own energy, but try to find lightness. And when I say lightness, I mean the good in that person, but also lightheartedness. Life is not as serious as we think it is, and nothing is what what we think it is. I used to say, when I wasn't talking to him for four years, I used to say, if he passed away, I wouldn't even care. Had he passed away at that time, it would have broke me. I would have been so full of guilt. So just, you know, positioning yourself while you have the opportunity to make the most out of everything and out of everybody. Other people are watching you, your kids, your siblings, your family members, they're watching you. And you can lead by example, you can heal yourself, you can heal others by healing yourself. Don't leave your trauma and your pain to the side. Don't tuck it underneath the bed or close the closet on it. It's still there. And even though we try to shove things to the side and ignore them and not deal with them, and on a conscious level, you may not be seeing it every day, but it's coming out subconsciously in everything that you do and all that you are. So you owe it to yourself and the people that you can touch to examine those things. Don't let it sit there. We we don't have time, y'all. I'm always like really urgent about making things right and utilizing the time that we have. And if you don't have time because your parent has deceased and there's some resentment, um, I know a lot of times people who have lost their parent and they feel like it was unresolved between their relationship, there's a lot of hurt and feeling upset or angry that there's nothing they're never going to be able to apologize how could you die without me getting what I needed and you still have the opportunity just energetically to heal yourself and heal that relationship at least being able to come to that space of compassion and understanding so that you can let the hurt go so you can stop holding their soul in that grip so that you can forgive so that you can move on so that you can be at peace so that you can view their have their memory be a better memory for you one of understanding if any extra pain is avoidable if you can add any extra peace to anything in your life do it now I strongly encourage you to get that book by Alicia. It is, again, called Yoga Best Life. Just to give you guys like a little peek into the book, just a couple of the questions that she asked. So the first one was um, the most safe or unsafe day of your life. And she asked you, like, what meaning did you choose to assign to each of those moments? She asked about what was the most emotional day of your life? She asked what was the most powerful or powerless day of your life? Um, and the most or least peaceful day of your life. 
So if you really sit with it and do it, it's just, it's really thought provoking. Um, so a couple of announcements. Next up is another Yoga Evolution TV. It's going to be on Wednesday the 4th. And this episode, we're talking about hemp. We have um, Leverly Davidson coming. Tickets are on TicketLeap.com and Eventbrite.com. And we are we have another food vendor too, y'all. I'm really, really excited. His name is Keith. He calls his, his business name is The Ninja Kitchen. And he's about to bring some fire to this uh, market. So I'm really excited. Um, <laughs> I'm really really excited. I'm here for the food. Um, Maya J is performing again. We're going to have a whole conversation about hemp, cannabis, and marijuana and all of the medicinal benefits. And we're going to have some CBD vendors there. So don't forget to get your tickets. Thank y'all again for sharing and spreading the love from my podcast all over the place. I really appreciate it. Send this to two people that you feel like should hear this information. Share it on your social media platforms. Um, what else? Oh, subscribe, subscribe and like, and write me some more reviews. There's some more reviews. There's reviews on there. And it just warms my heart listening to y'all, how y'all feel about this podcast. Cause I feel the same way about giving it to you. So let's keep it rolling. Let's keep spreading it. And I love you guys until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening in to Yogi Jazz, the podcast. I look forward to sharing content with you in the future. If you would like to connect locally, please reach out. If you would like to bring me to your city, please reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Yogi Jazz Porter or visit www.yogijazzporter.com for all offerings. Namaste.